my name is Trin Paul, and I'm a mass communication practicum student for the Georgia College Center for Music Education this semester. Today, we're recording our first podcast episode for the Center for Music Education, and we're joined by Mandy Gunter, who will be hosting a professional development workshop for the department on October 28th. So, Ms. Gunter, what topics will you be covering in your first professional development workshop on October 28th? We are going to talk about how to plan an effective lesson for an elementary class. All right. So what are the key components of effective lesson planning for elementary music classes and why are they important? Well, I like to include all elements of music. So movement, singing, rhythmic work um, when you're working with kids. And it really takes the concept that you're teaching and what assessment strategies you're going to use um, through demonstration assessments. Um, and I am primarily an offshore work-based teacher, so I want um, creativity as part of the lesson also. And music is a spiral curriculum, so one fundamental leads into the next fundamental, leads into the next foundation um, that, you're, that kids are going to be learning. So it's how to use that spiral curriculum and how to use assessments and what you need to see from your students to move from one element of music to the next. All right. So do you integrate technology and digital resources into your lesson, lesson plan? Um, I do have um, pieces that we listen to. You know, um, we sometimes use a listening map. Um, I do uh, have listening maps to be seen and visuals to be seen, um, but I don't rely heavily on the use of technology in my classroom. Um, through composing because I want students to do that naturally on instruments. Um, so I'm very blessed in my classroom. I have 33 ORF instruments. I have a plethora of drums and unpitched percussion. And I feel like students need to make music before we put it in computers and learn what it does. We need to learn those elements and authentically make that. So technology is a part of my lesson, but it's not the whole part of my lesson, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So what considerations do you take into account when planning activities and exercises that cater to students with varying levels of musical ability? So that's why it's so amazing to meet students where they are and to have all of those elements that we talked about with movement with singing and with instrument playing. And that creativity part comes out because you're gonna, you're going to hit one level of learning through all of those in your classroom. Um, so I find that it's easier to just make sure you're, you know, authentically connecting with students um, and authentically making music. But as you're you're planning and using all of those steps, it's gonna be a great lesson. And differentiated instruction is meeting them at their level and even doing a retention activity or an extension of what you're doing. And you can do that in small group or have a kid, you know, scaffold instrument parts, have them play a different part. Um, but as long as you know your students and you're following their IEPs, that's how you get it done. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so what tips or practices do you have for managing time and classroom logistics effectively, especially when dealing with younger students? Um, it's all about setting up the expectations and the framework for your students. So if I want them to do a movement activity, of course, in my brain, I know that that's probably going to go to instruments or it's going to be added to a different piece or I'm assessing steady beat. So it's knowing how to have your students come in. It's knowing the structure of your classroom. 
how you have it set up? Are your instruments ready, readily available for students to use? Do you have your movement space set up correctly? Are your visuals, are they already ready? Because you can't lose any moment of instruction in your classroom. And it's also how to set up transitions. So for a lot of um, my music class, I'll say this time I want to see, you know, I don't call it locomotor movement. We call it pathways. I want to see a pathway on steady beat. And at the end, I want you to be here. So you're giving them another way to practice what you're doing. And you can use your locomotor and non-locomotor movement. But when you have students do transitions, you're also taking out all of those variables to make your class go very smooth. Right. So could you think of any specific challenges you've encountered when planning or preparing for elementary music classroom and how you've overcome them? Um, well, I have found knowing the activities that you want to use um, and the concepts that you want to teach can be used with a, a different range of activities. It's finding authentic activities that are really great. So I find that going to professional development through workshops, through conferences, um, taking webinars, making sure that you're staying on the cutting edge of what current research is being said about this practice, um, taking classes during the summer and exposing yourself to a wider range of teachers um, will also help with being current and what to do in your classroom and never lose sight of being a teach of being a student because to be a great teacher, I think you have to be a lifelong learner. And that means learning from a vast variety of different educators. So as you are going in and finding new resources, you can bring those back to your classroom. Um, a difficulty can be how to adhere to all IEP, IEP plans, individual education plans in your classroom. But if you're going to the professional development, if you're seeking out help in the community going, I have a student that has this disability. How can I help them overcome and master this skill that I need them to learn? You're going to have a lot better help. And then you have collaboration groups across the nation. And so I find that that really helps. But you have to do that as the teacher. You have to take that on and you have to take the initiative to find these avenues. Yes. So what advice would you give to a new elementary school music teacher who's just starting their career in terms of planning and preparation? I would say get to every workshop that you can, um, because again, I, I, I want kids, and when I call them kids, I'm new to the classroom, new teachers, um, exposed to many different teachers like we just talked about. Um, but also if you get out in those professional development communities, you're gonna have people that you can rely on. Um, and also think about how you're going to assess kids and what type of assessment. Are you gonna do a formal assessment? Are you gonna do a demonstration assessment? Um, and how to make those interesting because kids learn through play. So how can you set your classroom up for success and play and come from a place of yes, instead of a place of no? Because uh, the way you frame things to your students all the time is actually is very important. So I would say get out there, see teachers, ask if you can go into their classrooms, say, hey, can I come and observe you for the day? Hey, I need this help with this. Um, look at and and I just may plug the American Orfshore Work Association. Um, they do have a resource library there where you can go in and look at sessions from conference. 
And so you can learn, again, from a vast variety of different educators across the nation. And don't don't think just because you're, you know, you're a public school teacher that you can't learn from someone in a parochial school um, and look and see what they're doing and also just scour, scour your resources that you have. All right. So that's going to be the end of the interview. Thank you so much for coming in. And once again, um, Miss Mandy is going to be doing an online um, professional development workshop for the Georgia College Center for Mu Music Education on October 28th. So stay tuned for that.